Season 4, Episode 7. Every Sunday, I eat a pie, mate. The power intent of a hierarchy of controls. This episode stemmed from conversations with Dylan Matthews, yo Dylan, of the BHP Future Fit Academy, on the seemingly innocent and instructive applications of the hierarchy of controls. E-S-I-E-A-P. Every Sunday, I eat a pie. Trey just fired up by this topic as he recalls the hierarchy of control is not intended to be as rigid as it implies. Sarah pontificates on what she views as three pillars of work design, and she's anguished by the lack of attention by organisations and industries on the third important pillar of design. To live is to be anxious, especially in the toxic workplace. Hello and welcome to the Why Work podcast series. You are listening to Trace Fetkovsky, Sarah Pazell and Alan Girl. Hey Trace, hey Alan. Morning. Good morning. We have a subscriber, Dylan Matthews. He's at the Future Fit Academy of BHP. And he's given me this really funny acronym for how he was taught to remember the hierarchy of controls, right? Every Sunday, I eat a pie, mate. (laughs) I added the mate. So E, every, elimination, S, Sunday, every Sunday, is substitution, I for isolation, eat, the E for engineering, A for administration, and pie for PPE. So let me say it again. Every Sunday, I eat a pie to eliminate, substitute, isolate, engineer, or re-engineer the administration, administrative controls, yeah, and PPE to remember what's called the hierarchy of controls. And Trace, you talk a lot about hierarchy being social, political influences, you know, establishing and underpinning hierarchies. Can you tell me about that? Yes, but before I do, I just can't get past the name Future Fit. Future Fit, baby. I would like to join that Future Fit (laughs) organisation. If it can guarantee my future fitness, I'm interested. (laughs) Dylan, what can you offer me? And it's a bit of brain fitness, unfortunately. It's not just... I'm loving but, it. Future fit. I want to feel future fit. There's a bit of free alliteration. I've got a me. question for Dylan too. Now, if he's yeah. been thinking about this for a long time, he probably knows where all the good pies are. Dylan, where should I get a good pie? <laughs> yeah. He's in Mackay, mate. <laughs> oh, you get some good pies. Lovely yeah, bakery. I you get some great pies. Oh, great. Love it. Oh, yeah, that's taking me back. But look, let's get back to the horror control, yes. And it's really interesting. Um, you both said social, political. Essentially... This notion of hierarchy, it goes way back to Thomas Hobbes. Thomas Hobbes. 17th century philosopher, essentially the formative prototype philosopher for the way in which we are governed, the way in which liberalism essentially evolved and the way in which utilitarianism functioned. We exist because of these 300 year ago thinkers. And Thomas Hobbes said this notion of a hierarchy and control is just that. And they're not interchangeable. And you can't move all the way down and, for example, have the fifth hierarchy of control to be suddenly elevated to the first. The issue I have with the use of the term hierarchy in the OHS space is What are the first four, Sarah? The elimination, the substitution, the isolation and engineering or re-engineering. Yeah. If you stop and think about that, when you think of engineering, you would be thinking of a process, for example, how do we prevent something, which is akin to how does one isolate and therefore eliminate. But engineering also says, asks, prompts the thinker, 
how do we substitute? So for example, there's no substitution for a physical barrier if you're on the roof. I'm not sure everybody, by everybody I mean from the regulators to the practitioners, actually appreciate the term hierarchy of control is not as rigid in the IHS space because you ordinarily couldn't eliminate or substitute or isolate unless you apply engineering. Trish, at at the Human Factors and Ergonomics Society of Australia conference, we just had an annual conference in Adelaide the other week, I spoke about socio-political forces that shape our views on health, safety, performance, really it pays to go back and unpack some of this. And I've learned a lot of this from working with you that, you know, to almost ask, why do we think the way we think, right? Mm. There have been influences around this. And you're telling me now that this whole idea of this very rigid, which seems is just embedded Mm. in what I call one of three pillars of work design, Pillar one being about workplace protections, pillar two being about people operations, people and culture, you might say, and pillar three that often gets, uh, I guess, lost, not embedded well, is design. I'm hearing you tell me now that the engineering part is very much design and would influence all those other aspects of the hierarchy of controls. And then the whole idea of hierarchy connotates some sort of action that if you had not followed this, there is some punitive, you know, legal recourse. Yeah, and it, I, think, I think yeah. if you look at the way the legislation's come into existence and following on from earlier legislation, of course, it's looking at a situation where a problem has arisen in an already established business. Uh, I don't think the legislation talks much about culture and it mm. certainly talks very little about design and they're such important things. Thank you. So my argument at this conference was that human factors and ergonomics mediates all three pillars if you're truly going to advance work design. I see on businesses all the time, they've got legal counsel and they've got their risk management councils and and security councils and, you know, all kinds of very conservative grounded aspects of workplace protections or industrial relations and advisors on that. But I don't see organizations with a design council Mm. that feeds into their executive teams. And that is sorely needed. It's missing, if you ask me. Hierarchy, certainly. Hierarchy. Just stop and think of the term hierarchy. It is so powerful from the Egyptian era to a caste system. It is top-down control. It is that whole idea of that iron cage. We start at one, we finish at five or nine or 11. Hierarchy is so much more politically forceful, Sarah, than design. But design Uh, is the creative, design is what makes possible, design is the innovation that you hear companies say, you know, we want to be the employer of choice, we want to innovate, etc. Where is that design element in the decision making and the strategy? Think of Wizard of Oz. (laughs) Speak. Yes. What do you do? (laughs) I am a controller of hierarchy. (laughs) Come in. Speak. Sarah, what do you do? Oh, I design really good work outcomes and good systems. I don't know what that means. Out. (laughs) Do you subscribe to the hierarchy? Submit. But do you see the point I'm making? It's the potency of the nomenclature. 
hierarchy. A and sense suddenly, of authority. A sense of authority there. Yeah, but then it, it creates confusion, like Dylan's rightly pointed out. Which one? Well, it says, what, what's the first one? Let, let's do it again. What was the first one? Well, hold on, hold on. Look, using your example, wasn't the wizard a bit of a fraud? He, well, oh, well, don't. <laughs> well, well. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> So I'll go back. You, you asked me. So I'm not saying I'm the wizard. Every I Sunday write. I eat a pie. Eliminate, substitute, isolate. Okay, so slow down to the first one. Every Sunday I eat. So the first word I is no, every every isolation uh, el- elimination guys every Sunday yeah, eat. let's look at the law remember we the rule of law please what, what's eliminate. the first one first one eliminate is second one. Substitute. Substitute. Third one? Isolate. Isolate. Every Sunday, I. And then? Engineering. Top tier, what we're going to call yeah. top tier controls. Yeah, they're the four you should really be focusing on. And uh, although, I'm, I'm going to challenge this. Now, can I come back with a design lens? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right, so. Well, you I'm should. Gonna, you should uh, come back with a design you. lens. <laughs> because as far as I'm concerned, all those four are interacting and they're all equal. Hold on. So my that, ears deceive me. Mm-hmm. Did Sarah ask for permission to speak? <laughs> Hang on, let's rewind the tape. We're keeping this. Did she submit? <laughs> no, I'm still muscling in. I've got okay. elbows jutted on either yeah, side. Okay. Elbows are up. All right. All right, so I've had, uh, you know, conversation with architects time and time again, and I've had conversations with engineering, mechanical engineers, and conversations with, again, I've mentioned the Earth Movement Equipment Safety Roundtable, Tony Egan, and I've had a great conversation about... What they've done in their space with vehicle interactions and some parallels that happen with all these different types of designers, right? Some of the concerns about the hierarchy of controls are that they almost seem static. It's like there's no design strategy about how to be a curator of design and keep testing it in ongoing changes in the realities of work, right? So I was explaining human factors and ergonomics as a custodian of design strategy. This is one aspect, right? So that you don't just tick off the box and leave a quote-unquote control, which is another term I'd rather, you know, not necessarily say control here, because in resilience engineering and human factors, things vary all the time. Circumstances vary in the realities of work. So first of all, right, changing it from a static nature to thinking about far more dynamic evaluations of how things will, will be best propped, how they're going to erode, how are you going to detect systems of erosion, who does that information go to, what are all the stages, and do the people that receive that information uh, have the best chances or timely response time and are they empowered with agency and purchase to be able to make the right decisions okay so that's more of a dynamic strategy understand the evolution and the ecology of humans when they're applying any of these design strategies second I introduced a term called EI, right? That's my little sign language for the listeners. I'm doing this to the boys, EI. Most people think of that as emotional intelligence. I'm going to challenge you to think about it as enduring impact of design. So your hierarchy, if you will, then comes back to the things that I do will have the greatest impact. And if I change governance... If I change the structure of a building, if I change some of my capital equipment in my business and I do it well, I really consider a lot of the human needs and the tasks and the interactions in the system. I'm going to have decades of good things occurring where performance is high. If I get it wrong, 
I'm left with decades of workarounds and problems. And this starts, it changes this hierarchy of controls when you think of EI, enduring impact. So let me give you an example and then I'll, I'll uh, reflect back to you guys, right? So if you looked at something like uh, alarms and alerts, which human factors do a lot, and that might be a tick on this quote-unquote hierarchy of controls up high as an engineering control, an alarm or alert, when you're at the pointy end of needing that alarm and alert not to be distracted by anything else and you need to decipher what, what that alarm means against every other backdrop, you've got milliseconds to respond. That would be quite low as your focus, but on the hierarchy of controls is up high. So if you go through this list and start going, hang on, governance and um, uh, building design and capital equipment, get that right, right? Then, and that's also the design strategy, not just safety and design, it's going beyond your entire design strategy for this ecology of the business. And then you go through and you say, right, things like job design. Well, that can have some in, enduring impact, but we have to also watch all the job crafting or the modifications people do to reassign roles and tasks and the workarounds. So then you're going down to, is it years or months of impact? Your training might be really high impact, high fidelity when you do it well, immersive technologies, VR, but even still, that might be months or days or shifts when that value can dissipate and it can vary depending on all the changing conditions of the work. So you see where I'm getting, you go start, keep going down through that list and where businesses spend a lot of time is in, uh, you know, rules, and occupational health and rehabilitation, a lot of resources go there. Those are important facets of the business, but they're latent and they're lag and they're retrospective. All the stuff up front, EI, enduring impact design, could replace what we talk about a hierarchy of controls and change people's focus to really think about the design that's going to have the most enduring impact. Now, I know sphere of influence varies. Some people think, oh, I can't change that. But get your governance involved. Get a design council involved and really start thinking big picture. Then go through the list of what's going to have the most enduring impact. So if you're leaving it just with PPE, that doesn't, you know, might not have the most enduring impact, but it depends, like you said, with your lawn mowing example. Mm. So just getting back to the alarm, Alan, before I was keen to find out from you, you said alarm is an engineering, so squarely an engineering because it obviously makes a noise. I don't see it any more than some type of form of administration. I ah, don't see interesting. It so you see it down as yeah. administration yeah. control, right? I, I might be right or wrong, but in terms of the actual delivery of it, yeah, sure, a very smart cookie invented something that went bing or beep <laughs> or whoop, whoop, and don't worry, I can dance around that kind of noise. However, like you rightly pointed out, so what? You went boop, beep, whoop, whoop. If people still perish, how how effective, never mind efficient, how effective is that? So, see, conceptually, I'm struggling with it being, and this is the issue that you've rightly yeah. raised, this static notion of hierarchy it shouldn't be viewed or construed as a hierarchy. I'm convinced that it should be more as a broader spectrum consideration, like, as you said, Context an enduring... enduring impact, impact based on that system, mm. right? It makes more sense to me because problem with hierarchy is it's just that we get so bogged down in obsessing over what was the first thing, what was the second thing, what was the third thing, what yeah. was the fourth thing? Yeah. And I'm not sure that's, A, the way in which we should be conceptualising these things. When, when I critique some of these elements, right, 
I am not saying they're not useful. It's certainly a useful start to consider and prompt design. And when it's in that first pillar of workplace protections, it's useful to start considering quote unquote safety and design, right? That aspect, that's very, that's one aspect of design, but it's certainly not comprehensive about design strategy and design thinking throughout the whole of the organization. So anything that I start to critique or build on is just that it's scaffolding, there's layers. And if the interpretation of and the application of this is too rigid, that's when I think we get into trouble. And that's all I'm saying. Mm. So these tools and these resources that have been previously developed, they're certainly useful, but they're not enough. And they can be expanded, elaborated in a more sophisticated system with sophisticated governance. We can get a little bit more clever about this. So, you know, even things like in the, the world of teaching, there's some great critique recently. I listened on ABC radio and I'll share that with you. Uh, and it was a, about, you know, uh, managing children's behaviors for teachers, quite overwhelming. But the argument was that, in fact, uh, this gentleman, Jeff, CEO, smart, smart guy, he's talking about the need to change curriculum and learning opportunities because we're creating too many gaps by having this industrial, here's another socio-political thing of how we teach our children, right? Or how we train people at work as though everybody should receive the same information, bah, or cattle going through a system. And of course, it's not going to suit all people's way of learning, right? It's too rigid and you're going to create gaps. And those students who feel left out and aren't grasping it, the behavior will worsen because they need some other form of attention. So we're not getting it right. So imagine building design and school curriculum and governance changing to engage students in the just right degree and teachers' lives may be a lot easier. Behavioral part management, mm. much more satisfied with all the different sensory preferences that are needed and uh, among schools, teachers and students. That's just one example, right? So, so that, Alan, the hierarchy of control. What do you have to do when you're defending a case when you refer to it? It's part of the law. Yeah. It's um, So my job is to apply the law and it, it falls within the work health and safety regulations. So it's something that we have to apply. Section 36. I guess listening into... Yeah, the idea of, of its application. Conceptually, though, for me, I, I'm fully cognizant of it too. I've, I've had no choice but to apply it, and indeed, with significant force. But now that I'm deconstructing it, and of course, it is part of the um, framework, uh, when, when I think just about how it's easy for us to understand it and unpack it, but I wonder whether truly those who are out in the workplace, who are being trained and inducted, into the hierarchy are afforded that same ability to be able to fully understand and it. think critically beyond. So, so certainly, like I said, it's a useful tool, but it's just part of the scaffolding. And then, so what? So, how are you continually being a, a, a steward of good design strategy or a custodian? Anytime you make a change and you implement quote unquote a control, then who's evaluating ongoing variabilities in performance in your workplace? That's where you need a design strategist and you need your time with a real orientation of thinking on yes, design. But Sarah, design is mentioned in the Act. Things such as SID, safety in design. If someone's listening here now saying, what is Sarah talking about? We fully understand where the hierarchy of control is embedded, but safety in design is also part of it. What would you say to that listener? As I've just said, it's important. It's good that that's a prompt. 
but it also does not talk more broadly about expansive design strategy and design right. thinking. So when I speak to, you know, design leaders around Australia, including uh, the um, Good Work Design, Good Design Australia, sorry, um, I, I speak to some of the people who are the judges who influence this, and they tell me, you know what? Of course, things are supposed to be safe in design. That's to them one of the, if you had to have a hierarchy, that's one of the lowest levels of, yeah, hello, duh. Mm. And it's not that imaginative or innovative unless the design process itself was really celebrated. Mm. You know, the way that you engaged people, the way that people felt that their opinions mattered. So there's a design process as well as an outcome. And then how sophisticated is safety in design? Have Mm. you really just tick the box or have you deeply embedded in all your procurement schedules so that you understand that you want to see how businesses have even tested their equipment and their processes for mm. human factors interactions before anything is enters your business anything is procured and have they thought about enduring impact in design right mm. have they really thought that their capital equipment or the building that they're handing over promotes and prevents any ill health promotes good yeah. health and prevents ill health or right? have they really done that and who is evaluating that the skill set to evaluate that sure. is there veracity in that design strategy so yes. and design safety and design seems tends to be connected to just like structures okay. things and i think that's where yeah. you uh, and i had that open to yeah. conversation some of our earliest podcasts you kind of think of it just being related to a a thing, an object, an artifact, yeah, versus your instructional design, versus your learning, you know, how, how yeah. you learn, versus how you lead, versus how you communicate. Alan, I see a thought bubble popping up. Tell me your thoughts. Well, there is a provision in the Act 22 which talks about design, but as you say, it's more about design of structures and planned rather than design of work. And strategy, yeah. I think there is room to conceptualise a systems design, the broader rubric, uh, than it is just now limited um, in design as we know it, safety in design and Section 22. Well, work is a construct that can Mm. socially influence health. So it's it's a prime design medium. There are... Evolution factors, evolutionary factors among humans, you know, how we grasp, how we uh, sense the, the world, how we see, how we think, how we cognitively attend, how we process that. And then besides the individual, there's things like the tribal culture and social rhythms, right? There's an evolution and ecology of humans that's very specialized. The human factors ergonomics professionals know a lot about. And the workplace, how it's designed, everything from the leadership strategies, the communication strategies, the distribution of work, the environment of work, can impact on health and performance or sustainability mm, issues. Well, so I, perfect design medium. I can feel a, a code coming on. Any regulators interested? <laughs> Our rates are reasonable. Sarah and Alan, and if you've really enjoyed this show, share this with a friend. 
Submit your five-star rating on your favourite podcast streaming service. Keep listening and send in your stories. You can email us at hello at whywork.com.au and, of course, sign in to our newsletter. You can head straight to our website at www.whywork.com.au. We can't wait to learn about the trouble you've seen in the workplace. And remember, none of the things we've talked about today should be construed as legal advice or any other type of advice. We're just here to talk about all things related to work and we hope you enjoy it as much as we do. We love it. See you next time.